0: Thank you once again for tuning into the Psychedelic Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Marie, and today Dawn will be interviewing feminine and masculine energy coach Zach. I found this to be a very interesting episode, and I hope you all enjoy. He is a feminine and masculine energy coach, relationship coach, and I've been looking forward to this conversation for some time now. If you have not heard our episode on feminine energy with coach Vanden Wallenberg, I advise that you check that out after this episode. It's one of those things that I think a lot about and talk a lot about feminine energy, masculine energy, how these energies balance and what we can learn from them. I've been following Zach on Facebook for a while and he has stirred up quite a lot of controversy amongst his followers. And we're going to get into that in just a bit. Zach, thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in this.
1: Yeah. So first, thanks for having me on. It's a really long story, but how I got into the actual masculine feminine energy thing, I had already done over a decade's worth of self-help stuff, especially related to women, because I come from a background of just being really, really pathetic with women where I started, I guess, 13 years ago. And uh, when I learned about the masculine and feminine energy, it kind of brought everything else that I had learned together, right? It was like that final puzzle piece for me. And all of the questions that I still kind of had fell perfectly into place. So the time that that happened was a time where like I'd been married for three years. And you know, it was a good relationship, relatively quite healthy compared to what's out there. Like, we had a, a great time together and everything. But there were a few major issues in our relationship. And the big sticking point for us and this is a sticking point that I see very commonly in relationships is I wasn't really fully stepping up as a man in the relationship. And I wasn't really fully devoted to her, right? Like taking full responsibility for leading and, and, you know, caring about her feelings and all that kind of stuff. And she was not, communicating to me in a way where i felt compelled to devote she wasn't being vulnerable she wasn't communicating in her feminine and so when she would ask me to do things or express her needs in some way i always felt this resistance right even if it was things that you know were quite reasonable and uh, you know this was at a time where we had just had our first son so she would be asking me for things like to get a bottle or get a diaper And I I thought that there was something completely wrong with me because she'd be asking me for these things. And it just really bothered me, especially because it was happening so many times a day. I was getting increasingly annoyed every time that she was asking me to do things. And at one point I just remember, I'm like, wow, there's like something seriously wrong with me that I'm getting so annoyed when she's just asking me to do completely reasonable requests. That was around the time where I started learning about the masculine and feminine. And then it all completely made sense. It made sense why I wasn't devoted to her, made sense why I wasn't fully taking responsibility in the relationship, made sense all the times that she would be angry at me. And then I was able to start implementing all this stuff and really stepping up and actually leading her towards communicating to me in a feminine way, in a way where I feel compelled to really want to devote and step up as a man.
0: That is really interesting. I kind of had the same thing happen in our relationship a bit, but do you think you could elaborate a little bit on what it was that made you resist when she was asking you for things that seemed completely normal? I mean, was it the way in which she was asking or was it the way in which you were resisting?
1: We are socially conditioned, right? Both men and women. To communicate in a masculine way, masculine communication is outcome-oriented. So it can be like very directive, for example, where it's like, "Hey, get me a diaper," or it can be more softer, where it's more as like a question, like, "Can you get me a diaper?" And then there's the energy behind it, of course, right? It can be more like uh, harsh, can be more soft or whatever. But all of that is masculine communication because it's all based on trying to get an outcome. Feminine communication is based on not trying to get an outcome. The big part of feminine communication is expressing from the heart, expressing how you feel about something. Masculine communication is focusing on a solution. Get me a diaper. The solution is getting the diaper. Whereas feminine communication is focused on the problem. I'm out of diapers. The masculine wants to feel like a hero in a way, right? It's like I'm solving the problem for the feminine, for my woman. And for women, I think they often have a hard time understanding why it would be such a big deal. Just the way that I'm saying it, like that matters to you so much, but it really does. It makes a huge difference. When a man feels like a woman's not actually trying to get an outcome with him, and she's just expressing the problem without trying to get any outcome, just, oh, I'm out of diapers. It compels a man, assuming that he's a good man and not just like a selfish dick, it compels a man to be like, I want to help you. I want to devote myself and and like solve that need for you. And it feels really, really good to do that. Whereas if you ask the question and you're trying to get an outcome and you're focusing on the solution, like get me a diaper. It kind of like takes away the man's ability to give that gift of his free will, telling him. The solution instead of him being able to come up with
0: it. (laughs) Okay. I totally hear what you're saying because I had this back and forth with my husband quite a bit where, you know, I would be expressing my issues to him. And a lot of times I'd be venting, but I didn't really know I was venting. And then he would be like trying to give me solutions. And I would be like, You don't need to fix this for me. Like, I'm smart enough to fix this on my own. I just am telling you the problem. And it would confuse him. And it would confuse me because I was like, I don't understand why this is confusing for you. I'm just telling you what's happening. I can fix it on my own. And then I started to realize that's emasculating because men are problem solvers and they want to figure out what the problem is or hear your problem and then find the solution for you as a woman. And so I've kind of shifted a little bit and decided, okay, let me just express the issue. If I actually have a problem that needs fixing, I'll express it in that way and say, I'm just telling you how I feel. Without any request behind it, I would be like, this is really frustrating to me. And if I got the sense that he was feeling attacked, like it was his fault or something, or he was being criticized, perhaps, I would say, I'm just telling you how I feel. And I would just leave it at that. And a few minutes later, he would be like, I understand why that's frustrating. Here's what I'm going to (laughs) do.
1: Would these be problems that are in your relationship then? It's like venting about him or is it venting about stuff outside of the relationship?
0: Probably a little bit of both. Maybe it's like a family issue that has something to do with somebody other than the two of us. You know, something that's coordination based, communication based, some kind of logistical thing that we're trying to work on. Coordinating family members in meetups and different schedules and things like that. Okay, for instance, it frustrates me when people don't clearly communicate what time they're coming to my house. Right. Because right. I have a set schedule for my family that I'm very strict about adhering to because I have small children. And if they don't get their meal times and their naps at certain times, they are hell on wheels and I'm not dealing with that when I know full and well that all they need to do is eat and sleep at appropriate times and we're all good. But if you don't say, okay, I'm coming to your house at this and this time, or, Hey, does this time work for you? And you just decide to show up whenever, or you say, Oh, I'm coming at noon instead of asking, is it okay for me to come at noon or something like that? That frustrates me. And then I get flustered and annoyed. And so I was explaining this to him, but it wasn't, my family it was his family and so between the two of us we've decided it's more appropriate for him to communicate with his family on these matters than it is for me to do so because it's his family and so i was explaining this to him and i was probably coming off pretty aggressive about it because i was annoyed about it and then he was feeling attacked because i was kind of like why didn't you schedule this properly like why didn't you find out what time this was supposed to be happening like you know how our schedule is and then I realized, okay, he's feeling criticized. That's not helping us. So I was like, I'm frustrated and I'm just telling you how I feel. And right. then I waited and he cooled down for a few minutes and was like, okay, I understand why this frustrates you. I'm going to work on it. I'll handle it.
1: So first of all, yes, there is a big communication gap between men and women where women often just want to be able to express how they feel without trying to get any kind of solution from it it's more they're just trying to express right and men are so problem solving oriented especially when they actually care about you right and to them it's like they want to offer a solution they want to help you as a gift to offer a solution and fix the problem and that can be really frustrating to women because it's not what they want so that's one of the things that men and women have to communicate right like women specifically, because that's your need. You have a need to be heard and just to share sometimes. so When a man knows that, that can help him just like hold space for that instead Mm of immediately jumping into problem solving mode because, you know, a woman just wants to be heard and just seen.
0: Men are safe to us when they care about us and we have a relationship with them. That is our safe place. Right. And so right. you just want them to not only listen, but continue that safe feeling so that you can get things out because it feels good and it feels better after a while. It's kind of the proverbial shoulder to lean on. So have like your big, strong man listen to you and hear your problems. That is so comforting.
1: <laughs> exactly. Men, and this is something that I've really been working on as well, right? Because my wife would do that, like kind of like a venting. It actually like really drove me nuts because for me, I'm just like very energy sensitive where Mm -hmm. it's not negative energy. And this took me a while to really figure out. It's not negative energy. It's when I sense energetic blame behind it, which is kind of like an angry energy, but it's like blame. You're trying to like rationalize. Like
0: criticism
1: criticism would would tend to be blame oriented, right? I describe it, but I don't want to get into it here because it's a little complicated. But what's happening internally is you're trying to like rationalize contradictory evidence that you've been given about belief systems. And you're trying to do that in a way where you're making other people wrong. If you can make them wrong, then you can feel better about yourself and why they did something to you. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's energetic blame. And Regardless of whether it was directed towards me or directed to other people, I don't like it. I don't like the energy and I don't like the lack of emotional responsibility. They're not taking full responsibility for their own emotions. And so right. one of the really, really big things that I teach men is actively choosing take responsibility in those situations and lead a woman to express herself from a place of vulnerability. So moving her away from that blame energy and helping her tap into what is underneath that blame. Because it's usually going to be something like she f- feels unappreciated or she feels disrespected or she feels hurt or she feels um uh, with some other emotions. I'm a guy, so I have like eight emotions, but women have like a hundred. Uh, <laughs> dealing on love. There's so many, right, that is underneath feeling disappointed, guilty, feeling shame, et cetera, right? It goes on. And so for a man, the masculine role is to, instead of just holding space for anything, which can be really difficult, especially when it's negativity towards him, it's not accepting that energetic blame. Also at the same time, not like lashing out and be like, stop blaming me, like stop being negative, anything like that, because that's not going to be helpful. And this has to be something that's done lovingly. It's not like an attack back. But it's lovingly guiding her deeper into her heart to express what is underneath that blame. Okay, what are you feeling right now? And then she can say, I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling...
0: That question would infuriate me because I would be like, I've literally been telling you how I've been feeling this whole time. Are you not listening?
1: (laughs) Would there be a point where you say like, I'm feeling really angry right now?
0: I think it would take me some time to actually pinpoint what I was feeling if I was doing what you're saying. And I mean, I did in the past. I don't think I'm there anymore. I think I've kind of moved beyond that because now at some point we just started to actually say what we were feeling very plainly. I have to admit that he started to do that at some point on his own. And I kind of copied that because I was like, okay, if he can tell me when he's feeling angry without blaming me, I can do that too. It suddenly became like safe to do that. So I'm better at it now than I was before, for sure. I could see how it would be difficult though, especially because with our programming, being vulnerable emotionally is taught to us as a, that's a weakness. You don't do that. So it's really hard for women to be open about how they're feeling, especially with men. I have to imagine that's where you get a lot of, pushback from your followers and probably even your clients when you're saying need you to be vulnerable about how you're feeling and things like that and just express, you know, your feelings as they are. I mean, that's asking a lot of women in this culture.
1: First of all, I have my public Facebook wall. On that wall, it's a really good I guess, window in to see how women are responding to things in general. And I post a lot of really controversial stuff on there. And and I'm sure I've triggered every single woman on my wall multiple times. But, you know, women are going to respond differently depending on how responsible they are for their emotions, because you can get triggered by something and then take responsibility for that feeling and realize like, okay, wait a minute, why am I triggered? There's actually some truth to this and deal with that and actually grow from it in a big way. And that's, you know, what I encourage women to do, because if they do that, they can actually learn a lot. And I've had women say, like, they've been crying on their bed for days because of the stuff that I posted on my wall, not where not in a bad way, but like them actually having huge breakthroughs, Mm -hmm. right, by healing so much trauma because of the stuff that I brought up for them. And they dealt with it in a responsible way. There's other women, of course, that get really defensive and kind of lash out at me.
0: I've seen that.
1: (laughs) How many people am I going to have to block on my Facebook today? So those ones, you know, have to set a boundary. And most of the time they don't respect it. So then I have to block them. But then there's also a lot of women that because I provided this really safe space on my wall, I mean, it's safe for at least how I'm going to accept them. But, you know, there are a lot of women who do try to be vulnerable with me now, which is amazing. That's what women need to be doing with men. That's the only way men are going to truly feel like inspired and compelled to want to devote to them because that's what makes a man feel like a man. When he is with a woman who is able to just share vulnerably, without trying to get an outcome instead of trying to get her needs met in some other way that will feel emasculating to a man.
0: How do you shift somebody from the programming that we all grow up with of be tough and don't cry and don't tell people how you feel and all these things to tell them how you feel and be vulnerable? And I mean, that's such a big leap to me.
1: It is a big leap and it really depends where a woman is in her starting point too, right? Like there's some that are just going to be, they're going to be going on a lot of failed dates because they're just so resistant to communicating this way and they see it as such a weakness. Whereas I see it as such a huge strength, a woman that can be vulnerable that is unbelievably courageous. And this is just slightly off topic. I'll get back to your answering your question, but you know, I see there's two ways of being courageous. And the masculine way of being courageous is like dressing up in your armor and going off and fighting a battle. That's what men are genetically programmed to do is to fight these battles and protect the people that he loves and all this kind of stuff. What I see as feminine courage, because masculine courage is like external, right? Going out and changing something, defending something, whereas feminine courage is moving inwards and getting in touch with your emotions getting in touch with your heart and then expressing that. Expressing how external reality is affecting you emotionally. So being able to say like, hey, what you did right now, I, I feel really sad when you did that. That's incredibly courageous. I have so much respect for a woman that can do that. And it can be anything, right? Like I feel really insecure right now when you talk to other women, something like that. Women will see that as that's so weak. That's so weak to admit that and You have insecurities, you shouldn't have insecurities, blah, blah, blah. No, I see it like, wow, you're able to recognize your insecurities and you're willing to express that without trying to force me to change my behavior, shame me for my behavior. You're just being vulnerable and courageous that way. That's what makes a good man. I'm specifying a good man here because there's lots of damaged men, narcissists, etc., that that's what compels a good man to be like, wow, I've hurt your feelings. I'm so sorry. I want to try to fix this. Or I made you feel really insecure. I want to shower you with love and make you feel really secure because I love you and I want you to feel really secure in our relationship. I want you to know that I'm not going anywhere. So my relationship, for example, it's been a struggle because my wife, it's a bit harder for her to really feel things a lot of the time other than anger she's very good at feeling anger towards me. She,
0: <laughs> sure she feels there. lots of things but expressing it may be hard <laughs> yeah exp- expressing
1: them is hard right especially getting under the anger and, and being willing to express i feel hurt whatever but if a man is able to demonstrate that he is completely non-judgmental he wants to hold space for those emotions and he respects his woman for doing that course, it'll still take time. But over time, a woman will start to open up more and more and be willing to share those feelings because she realizes that there isn't going to be a bad outcome from doing this. There can only be a good outcome. It's like anything. You do enough live stream, you're like, okay, people respond well to this. This isn't the end of the world if it goes badly, whatever. It's just a skill set like anything else, a confident skill set. And for women in public, Again, it's just a matter of thank you so much for being vulnerable. Like, I really appreciate that. I love hearing what's in your heart. And I always try to acknowledge that whenever I see it. Whereas if I see women being irresponsible and blaming me and being disrespectful, or just hold it all on herself, but don't get disrespectful on my wall. I'm going to block you if you keep doing that.
0: For our listeners, I have pulled up Zach's Facebook page here. And I'm going to read you one of these posts so that you would kind of understand a little bit of context. A woman identifying with being strong and powerful is the equivalent of a man identifying with being girly and vulnerable. And so you can understand how this goes. There are 289 comments and 17 <laughs> shares. And I scrolled through this one for maybe an hour or two. I don't know. (laughs) It was so interesting to see the responses because people were hardcore triggered by this. I immediately understood because it makes me think of all the times when I was overly masculine and couldn't understand why grown men were intimidated by me when I was trying to get an outcome of better communication or getting answers for something and instead I was getting a lot of resistance and I couldn't understand why because I thought all I'm doing is matching your energy you should relate to me better this way and also you know a lot of people in our generation grew up the way that I did in a single parent household where the energy then is kind of thrown off I mean I was raised for a long time by my mother and so there was a lot of overcompensating for masculine energy or a lack thereof you know to fit in in the world and to make any kind of headway you have to take on that masculine energy a bit and lean into it a little bit harder than is maybe healthy later in life now we're having to unlearn these programmed responses and reactions and the way that we deal with things and that is not always easy for a lot of people i mean as for these commenters i can't even imagine how many comments you deleted off of this or how many people were blocked because of this discussion but The first sentence, a woman identifying with being strong and powerful. I myself have given birth twice without medication. So I consider myself enormously strong. But I also understand what you're saying. And you're not saying that women should be weak. Women should not identify with being strong, powerful, forceful, direct, all these things that are very masculine. I think the distinction needs to be made, and you made this distinction in a later post about how this needs to be identified, like you're identifying with this heavily instead of just saying, okay, this is a time for me to be strong versus this is a time for me to be vulnerable. Women are not really taught this right now. They're not really taught how to be vulnerable and to learn it in the midst of a relationship brings up humiliation and embarrassment and some guilt too, because you're like, wow, this whole time I've gone without really being as feminine as I could have been. You know, it it makes me think of past relationships that I've had and like, wow, maybe he wasn't completely the culprit here. If I was being critical instead of just expressing how I was feeling, perhaps people got pushed away when I was really trying to bridge that gap. But at the same time, it's like you said, if the energy is off, the man isn't willing to step up initially anyways. It's not a good match. It's not gonna work. If you are expressing and not being heard, because ultimately that's what women want is to express their feelings and be heard to lead to deeper connection.
1: And yeah, so that post was interesting because I've never gotten so many misinterpretations. On any post I've ever made, I don't know if people don't understand what identification even means or if they just kind of skipped over that and started to see red as soon as they saw the part about a strong feminine woman. But just to like highlight how destructive and useless identifications are, when I first started learning about women and and like starting to get good with women 13 years ago when I was 23. I had no social skills. I was just terrible with anything related to women or people in general. But so much of my identity was wrapped up in being competent. Competent was the biggest part of my identity, just like strength and power can be something that people identify with. Because I identified with competence so strongly, and I didn't actually have the competence with women, the idea of going out. And taking any risk whatsoever with a woman where I might get rejected and I might get contradictory evidence for my belief system that I am a competent person, that I'm competent with women, it was overwhelmingly terrifying because Mm -hmm. I got that contradictory evidence that would have exploded my belief system. And I eventually did just getting rejected on a kiss. Put me into a three hour crying like a baby mode, like running home to my bed and crying about it, right? I'm 23 because my entire identity was based on being competent. And I got this evidence. to so wait, you are not competent. Women don't like you, and you have deluded yourself into a false identity that is not in touch with reality, right? And it's the same with like doing a live stream, for example. If you really identify with competence and other things related to, being good with people and talking and whatever. And then the thought of doing a live stream for the first time, it's like, that's going to be really terrifying, because you don't want that contradictory evidence for your identification. That's why I bring up the strength and power as a woman. The whole idea of going through childbirth, even once it's like, I would rather go fight in uh, the Middle East or something than do that. That sounds like horrible. But, you know, women do it. And like, of course, women are incredibly strong for being able to do it. That's amazing. And like, I have a huge respect for that, of course. But if you really identify with being strong and powerful, how are you going to be able to let go and be vulnerable with your man? How are you going to be able to submit to a man, a devoted man who cares about your feelings and is trying to give you a gift of his leadership that's going to be really difficult Because it conflicts so much with your identity.
0: I can see now how I went through that entire process in the early years of our marriage. And I spent a lot of time saying no and resisting even when I wanted to say yes. And then I was upset when he didn't hear the yes behind the no. And then I was like, okay, wait. After several years, I was like, this is probably really confusing because this is not making sense if I actually really think about what I'm doing. Why am I saying no if I mean yes? What is what is even the point of that? Right. And it took a long time, actually, of saying yes when I wanted to say no, even though I meant yes, trying to break that habit. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> And I was like, I just have to keep doing this because it's the right thing to do. Like it felt right in my heart, even though I was fighting against habits, really. (laughs) Now it's like, I don't ever say no to you. I don't ever say no. I wouldn't say no. It's totally different now. It's like a completely different relationship almost.
1: And so for you, was the saying no kind of on a subconscious level, asserting that you are powerful and strong? Or what do you think that was about?
0: I wanted to be the one to make the choices because I've always been the one to make the choices for myself because I'm a very independent person. And it took a long time for me to realize that's not what a relationship is about. And that's not what being a wife is about. And that's not helping him feel like a leader or feel like he's in charge. And that's ultimately damaging to him. There was somebody I should introduce you to on Facebook. She talks a lot about this kind of stuff she had mentioned to me that you know when you resist or when you challenge your husband you are emasculating him and that's yeah. all she said and it did the same thing to me that you were talking about I mean I cried for hours I was stuck on this for a very long time and she stopped responding to my messages and I don't blame her <laughs> <laughs> because I was like spinning from this because how could that be how could I be emasculating my man like he's so manly he's so happy and confident and then that it kind of sank in a little bit. I resisted it for a while and then I was like, damn, what if it's true? Yeah. Let me try it. I have nothing to lose by trying to resist less and debate less and challenge less. And the less I did that, the easier things got.
1: Yeah. We've been social conditioned, I guess, to believe that, you know, men should be able to handle anything. They're strong, they're men, they should be able to handle our resistance and handle our nose all the time and all that stuff. They can, unless they're really, really feminized and whatever, and low self-esteem. Like Men can handle that, but it's kind of like death by a thousand paper cuts, where it's like every time a woman says no, every time she puts up resistance, every time she's not gracefully receiving a man's gifts, it's like another paper cut, and those add up over time. Once it's one paper cut, but what about 50 a day? What about a thousand a year? Like those really add up. Yes, men can handle one, but eventually it does cause a man to really start to pull away. And like, depending on how much a woman's doing it, men will often get into the learned helplessness thing where it's like, why even try? Because to a devoted man who genuinely cares about his woman's feelings and is trying to lead, his leadership is a gift imagine like how it would feel it's on Christmas morning or whatever. And you're giving gifts to your husband. And he's like, No, I don't like this one. And you take that one back. I don't want that right. And just like resist it. <laughs> say no, resisting, resisting, resisting. That's kind of what it's like for a man. I'm trying to give you a gift. I'm trying to do the best that I can and give to you and lead for you. And you're just resisting. You don't want my gifts. That feels really bad. And yeah, men can handle it, but after a while, it's like, hey, you don't want my gifts. I'm gonna stop trying. I'm just gonna do my thing out in the garage, and you know, you can do your thing. And that's what happens in a lot of marriages. And you know, I'm not saying it's all women's fault. It's two sided, of course, because you know, men should be leading and communicating this stuff. But I think men don't really fully understand what's happening. Maybe they don't have the language to really to express it. And then women don't understand what's happening either, because they don't understand just how much they're affecting their man and pushing their man away by being resistant in that way.
0: Yeah, it's definitely complicated. And I really like that example of the Christmas tree thing, because, man, that really hits home. That would be so sad if somebody told me they didn't like my gift. But yeah, I can also see the communication gap where men want to be told what to do and they want to be told what the issue is when women do that very directly it's Mm off-putting and that's confusing to women it was confusing to me for a very long time until maybe even recently because I'm a very direct person and I've grown up that way where I'll shoot it straight to you and a lot of people don't like that I know this I've met with a lot of resistance and people they either really love it or they really can't stand it And so when you have a man, especially like me, my husband is a military man, so he likes to know what to do, and he wants to be told what to do. And if I am too direct about that, that's off-putting. And, you know, for a long time, I didn't understand. And I see that a lot in relationships where a man's like, "Tell me what to do, I'll do it." You know, you want a table built, I'll build you a table. You want me to go get a different truck, I'll get a different truck. Whatever it is that we need to do, you tell me, and I'll get it done. And then when the woman is very direct about it, they're like, "I don't understand. I told him what I wanted, and he didn't do anything. He just shuts down. I don't get it."
1: Yeah, yeah, because men think that that is what they want, because what women are usually often trained to do is express their needs in a very indirect way right like hinting and kind of like asking questions and you know that is really confusing for men and it's like i don't like a stupid guessing game where like you're hinting at things so it is like yeah just tell me what the heck you want and i'll do it because it's way better than this and to men i think that's what they see as like the best possible option but there's a far far better option What is truly natural for a woman to express and it's truly natural for a man to receive. And that's her being vulnerable, expressing her feelings and expressing why she's feeling that way. So I'll just use something from my marriage because I bother my wife all the time with how messy I am. That's really my big thing is I'm a complete slob. But say I leave my clothes all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that bothers my wife. And she could hint at it, and she could tell me directly what to do, and that's just going to bother me. Any of those ways is just going to bother me. I feel emasculated. I don't like that. It just doesn't feel good to me. But, and this is something that I've led her to do, if she just expresses through her feminine and says, she'll often say, like, I feel really annoyed because you left all the clothes on the ground, and she's not trying to get an outcome. She's just expressing what's in her heart. Then I will ask her further, like, okay, Why do you feel annoyed? What's the underlying reason? What that usually is, well, she feels disrespected and maybe overwhelmed or something, right? It's like, I'm always picking up all your damn clothes. But because she's expressing it through her heart, and then I can feel what's in her heart. I don't want you to feel that. I'm not trying to make you feel disrespected. So what's happening now is she's just expressing the problem. She's done it directly, though. But it's directly through her feminine rather than through her masculine where she's like, pick up your clothes. So if she's directly saying what the problem is, no hinting, no subtle nonsense that men can't stand. It's just directly like, I feel really annoyed because of this or I feel really disrespected because of this. Me as a man, okay, I don't want you to feel that way. I'm going to come up with a solution. My solution is I'm going to be less of a pig. (laughs) I'm not going to do this. Perfectly, I try and I've gotten better, and I genuinely want to do as good as I can because I don't want her to feel disrespected. But it's a reasonable thing for me to take charge and lead, and I'm doing it for her. But the only reason I want to do it is because she's not trying to make me. She's not criticizing me. She's not blaming me. She's not judging me. She's not leading me. She's not hinting at me. Any of that stuff is gonna make me wanna do it even less. Whereas if she's able to be vulnerable and just tell me what her feelings are and what the problem is, then I will make a genuine effort because that allows me to be in my masculine, jump into the rescue and saving her from myself, basically.
0: When it comes out without expectation, and it's really just sort of sharing how it actually affects her why she gets upset about it and she's not saying it with expectation she's not saying i really wish you wouldn't do this i really wish you would do better like i don't understand how you can be so organized in your business but you're such a pig when it comes to your clothes (laughs) all that stuff is damaging
1: (laughs) yeah And, and and that is the key right to really understand that feminine energy is about not trying to get an outcome you know if you're trying to get an outcome by expressing your feelings. What you're doing now is you're being manipulative. You're using a feminine costume of being vulnerable and soft and whatever. Underneath that is you're in your masculine. Trick a man, I guess, into doing something for you to try to get the outcome that you want. You know, if a man picks up on that, he's really not going to like it. Men certainly do not like being manipulated. They want to devote to a woman of their own free will, right? This is fully my choice. I'm leading myself. You're not trying to get an outcome from me. I want this to fully be from me. If a woman tries to get an outcome, if a man picks up on it, kills all the drive. All the drive.
0: Okay, so I just had this conversation yesterday with a very, very much older gentleman, very wise, about the difference between honesty and truth. Honesty would be you're being a pig and i need you to do better whereas truth would be i feel disrespected because you're treating the house as if i'm not here doing all this stuff all the time and i'm overwhelmed by it by the amount of work that is being added to my plate when you're leaving clothes all over the floor or something so the the conflict that i'm seeing that probably comes up so much is that women have such societal expectation to be superficial and to create a facade of who they are that after some time, it's very difficult for us to know who we are at the root if we have not practiced this. For instance, I spent a lot of time in a career that ultimately wasn't making me very happy because I believed that's what other people thought I should do in order to be successful and happy. And that success would come from that happiness. And that I needed to wear certain clothes, you know, and that I needed to behave a certain way and all these things, this sort of facade that you're talking about, the more that we layer this facade on, the harder it becomes to distinguish what our truth is. And I had to figure out why I was so unhappy, even though I was doing the things that other people told me would make me happy. And I realized that's not what makes me happy. What makes me happy is something completely different from what other people would think. And I had to shed all these layers to find out what it was that was really going to make me happy, which involved multiple career changes, multiple different hairstyles, all those kinds of things. Okay, I have figured it out. And it's completely different from what anyone else thought. But here I am, and I'm happy and screw everyone else, right? The same is true in relationships, because you're like, oh, I have to behave a certain way. and. I have to have these expectations. These expectations get confused with needs in that process. And then it's like, well, how do I express my needs without coming across as having these expectations? And especially when you hear that the number one killer of relationships is unmet expectations, right? So what is your take on that?
1: Yeah. So there's a few things there as far as like expectations go. The only expectation in a relationship should be whatever both partners have verbally agreed to. Mm-hmm. Partners do go into relationships without communicating any of this stuff. And then they each have their own expectations of what they kind of assume. Well, this is what I think. So of course, that's what she thinks. And that's what he thinks, because that's what I think. But it's based on a fantasy. It's it's not actually real. And then they get in fights because there's these expectations that were never agreed upon. And then they're going unmet. I believe that this is mainly, first of all, a man's responsibility, like a man in a relationship should be leading and he should be leading everything from start to finish. It's not just about going on a few dates with a woman and sleeping with her and saying, "Okay, we're in a relationship now and then that's it. That's like the very beginning of leading. Then you have to lead for the rest of your life. You know, I I call it an inner vision, right? Like the masculine has an inner vision about what he wants his relationship to look like, which are going to be expectations. And that's fine. He has expectations of like how he's going to treat his woman and how she's going to treat him, how the chores are going to be divided, what to do about the finances. And they're going to be kids in the picture. Where are we going to live? All this kind of stuff. He needs to take charge of that and he needs to be leading towards that Oh, and conflict. It's usually women who are the ones that have to take charge to lead and resolve conflict. It should be the man. It should be the man that's doing that. He needs to take charge for all of this. It's fine to have those expectations, but he needs to be communicating those expectations and he should be doing that as early as possible so that the woman can decide, is this something that I want to be a part of? Don't find out a year or two years down the road, oh, I didn't know this is what you wanted. I don't want to be a part of this. Get that out of the way early and, you know, inspire a woman and be like, this is the journey I want to take you on. It's going to be great. Do you want to come with me? And then a woman can decide. A woman should not be having expectations. She should not be having an inner vision in that way. It's a man's inner vision. But what she should have is being connected to her heart Well, first of all, like she should be on board with whatever the inner vision is, right? If she's not, she needs to leave. But assuming she is, she needs to be feeling good. And a a devoted man is going to include a woman's needs in his inner vision, right? I want my wife to feel respected. I want her to feel appreciated. I want her to feel loved. I want her to be happy with whatever we're doing. I want her to feel like, you know, we're spending enough time together. We're having enough sex, all that kind of stuff. And that's all in my inner vision. If she's not feeling that way because of something that I've done, usually it's a very reasonable thing for me to fix it. Sometimes that is her issue to fix, and I'll let her know if it is.
0: But she has to be vulnerable enough to say, I'm not on board with X, Y, and Z, or this is not working right now for some reason, or I'm frustrated because you want us to live here, but I don't want to live here. That is so hard. That is so hard because I've seen people who get married and love each other and all things are great, except one spouse really would like to travel and the other spouse has no intention of doing it. Right. And that is so sad because, you know, then there's this tearing apart, even though they're together, they're not happy at that point. Even if they're happy on the surface, they're not thoroughly happy. One is like hesitant to even describe to the other how they feel about it. They're telling their friends, but they're not, they don't want to like put that hurt on, oh, you you know, make them feel disappointed or maybe they are aware on some level that his inner vision doesn't match up with what her desires are in life. And that to communicate that would be so heartbreaking.
1: It absolutely would. But I do think that there is, obviously there's going to be some relationships where like the gap is just so extreme that it's just really not going to work. Right. Like one wants to like, just be a, digital nomad and travel the world forever and the other wants to settle down in downtown New York in a big condo and one doesn't want kids, one wants to have six, whatever. There can be a lot of really big gaps there. But then there's also a lot where the gaps can be easily filled, but this stuff has to be communicated. And I've given this example before I really like this one. I just think it's funny. Where I think that everything to do with fashion and clothes and shoes is just the stupidest thing in the world. Like I cannot imagine a more boring subject, a more terrible thing to talk about than than something like shoes. Right. And women often like that stuff. My wife likes that stuff though. She would never want to do this, but if she did want to do something terrible, like spend a few hours at a shoe museum, could I imagine a place more terrible for me to be? In a shoe museum, uh, take some imagination. Like, that sounds pretty terrible. <laughs> but just no motivation whatsoever, just be terrible. But if my wife were to tell me doing this fully, vulnerably, without outcome, just expressing herself, I feel really sad because, like, I really like the shoe museum. I just wish <laughs> that you liked it too, because I like want to share that with you, right? And she's like truly expressing from her heart how it makes her feel. I would be like, okay, I'm gonna surprise my wife by taking her to this really stupid place. And it would actually feel good for me. I would enjoy going and I would actually have a good time. And I would have a good time because I'm solving her problem and making her feel good. But the only way that I would ever in a million years be willing to do something like that is if she expressed that vulnerably and I felt how it felt in her heart and I wanted to make her feel good. If she tried to ask in any other way, like, can we go to a shoe museum sometime? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. That sounds, that sounds terrible. I need to be able to fully feel like I'm giving the gift. I'm being the superhero.
0: I understand now why my husband has never been to a two concert with me (laughs) (laughs) because the way I say it, it's always, My tone, right? I get it now. Because I would say, God, I wish you really were into this. It's so important to me. And I hate that it's not as important to you. (laughs) That's your problem.
1: (laughs) And I mean, even if you are fully vulnerable, I'm not even saying he's going to be like, okay, I'm going to buy some tickets or whatever. But if he was going to do it, the only way is definitely by tapping into your heart and really expressing from your heart.
0: Recently, you know, we we just bought some land out in the country that we're gonna build on, and it was completely his own thing. That he said, "Oh, I'm pick a spot, and I'm gonna make you like a little Zen garden for you to meditate in." And I was just like, "It's oh, so sweet! Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he heard me at some point where he has just known, you know, long enough now who I am that he knows that I would love that without me ever mentioning that that would be something that I would love, and that always means a lot.
1: And that's, that's a great point. Like, I'm glad that you touched on this too. So as a man, you know, a woman should be trying to be vulnerable and all that stuff to express what her needs are. But a really big thing for a man in the masculine, right, is to learn to anticipate a woman's needs. So she doesn't even have to express, like, I feel really sad because of this, whatever. I'm anticipating the monsters coming up. I'm anticipating all the problems. I'm problem solving before it even gets to that. And that's fun, right? It's fun to be able to anticipate a woman's needs and lead to fulfill them before often she even knows what the heck those needs are.
0: Yes. And I can attest to that being one of the best things ever because you start to think about it a little bit. And next thing you know, he's already doing the thing that you we're almost going to ask. You weren't really sure if you should ask or you should wait it out. You were kind of thinking, oh, I hope this happens next. And it starts happening. And you're like, oh, my God, it's like he's reading my mind. And that's yeah. awesome. That's the best. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> we had a son. And when he was an infant and we started taking him out, you know, I, I hadn't really felt devotional up until that point. That was when I was learning about masculine feminine stuff taking them out of the car, um, putting them in a stroller and then anticipating what my wife is going to need from me. We're coming up to a curb. Okay. I'm going to jump ahead and I'm going to get ready to like, Lift up the stroller so she doesn't have to ask for anything. I'm just, I'm going to be there for her, and it's the same mm-hmm. with opening doors, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a door coming up. I'm going to anticipate her needs that she's going to get there. I'm going to open that door before she gets there. <laughs> she <doesn't laughs> that's a simple her. one. <laughs>
0: okay.
1: And and there's so many things that you can do in a relationship once you really understand your woman and tap into that. And I'm not, I'm certainly not perfect, but that's certainly something that I try to work on, right? I can certainly anticipate my wife's needs uh, as far as cleanliness around the house. I'm pretty tapped into that at this point.
0: Yeah, we went through that too, where we had new babies and I was overwhelmed and freaking out. There was so much to do and I felt like there was just no way I could do it all. And I felt like I was doing it by myself. And he's like, what is the deal? Like, what do you need from me? And I'm like, I need help. I need to not be the only one doing this stuff. Cause you live here too and we all have to do this together and now i hardly have to ask we just have these systems that have worked themselves out and part of it also is that you know women a lot of times don't want to ask for help they've been told not to ask for help they've been told be independent don't need no man all this kind of stuff and that is so damaging in a relationship because how can you be in a relationship with the man But act like you don't need him. That's not right. And so you have to relinquish that need to do everything yourself and instead be willing to accept the help and also describe what it is that you want and not criticize how it's being done, right? Because that's so easy to do. Oh, I, I wish that this was being done the way that I like to do it. But you can't expect you from other people. So it's not really fair.
1: Yeah, it's like criticizing that Christmas present again. And one of the things that I tell women is men are going to screw up, especially when it comes to cleaning and stuff like that. They're just not going to do as good a job as you. But if you focus on being grateful and appreciative of his effort rather than his results, then he will put in more and more effort and get closer to the results that you want. Whereas if you focus on the results and how they're never good enough for you, He's going to really lose interest and just stop caring, trying to get the results. Feels like being in school. It feels like being with my mother. I don't, it takes mm-hmm. away the joy of giving the gift.
0: That's so true. That's so true. I hope that people listening are learning things from this conversation mm-hmm. and taking things into their relationships and into their own future that can be useful and can turn their life around. Zach, tell the listeners where they can reach you and what you have to offer them the best way to get in touch with you.
1: Easiest way to get a hold of me is either on Facebook. My name is Zach Rohde, Z-A-K-R-O-E-D-D-E. You can join me there for lots of uh, drama on my wall that people (laughs) getting abusive and uh, me blocking people, whatever.
0: You can also, it's
1: very enlightening too. <laughs> it definitely is very interesting. You can also go to my website, relationshipofyourdreams.com. It's all one word, no hyphens, nothing like that. I talk about my services on my website. I, I have all my articles, videos, a bunch of information about me, and then I have my coaching services. So I do offer one-on-one coaching calls for both men and women. I also have two private subscription-based groups. They're $66 U.S. a month. One's for men, one is for women. I teach men how to lead, how to become more masculine, how to devote to a woman, basically how to handle everything in a relationship that a man needs to do, as well as like dating and you know meeting women, all that stuff. The women's group, I teach women how to be vulnerable, how to tap into their heart, how to express from that place, how to stop trying to get outcomes and express outcomes with men, and how to let go of control how to submit to a man's leadership how to walk away from a relationship when a man is not devoting himself to your heart when you are being vulnerable because that's really important to get out of those relationships when you are being vulnerable and a man doesn't care and how to you know like walk away from interactions when a man's too heated and and he's not really listening to your feelings all that kind of stuff all the stuff that comes up in relationships we I do videos, I do posts, we do exercises. In both groups, people are healing and learning and growing so much. So definitely um, highly recommended.
0: So are you writing a book at any point?
1: I am. I'm actually in the middle. Of, I'm a, Actually, I plan on writing at least three books in the next 12 months. That is my goal. And they're not going to be super long, maybe like 100 pages, something like that. Mm-hmm. But the first one is about a woman, like how to be vulnerable and like all the reasons why going into a whole bunch of different examples, because it's really nuanced, right? It's like, it's one thing to say like, Hey, like just be vulnerable and men will devote themselves to you. But if you really start like get these situations, a man does something that you don't like or makes you uncomfortable or whatever. And it's like, Oh, I don't really know how to express that. I have a need, like, I want something. How do I express that vulnerably? So I really go into that in this book to make it so crystal clear, first of all, how to be vulnerable. And second of all, why it's so important to be vulnerable, to inspire a man to want to devote himself to you and to really care about your heart and your needs. And then all the ways that women are not vulnerable and try to get their needs met and why it doesn't work.
0: I want to know when that book comes out, because I will be first in line I'm sure I'll be pushing and shopping with other women to get that book, but um, I spend a lot of time talking to new mothers and young mothers about women's role in society and how it's shifting right now. So I would love to get my hands on a book like that in order to help women understand what our role is exactly. So we'll get into that some other time. Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm so glad we got to have this conversation. I've learned so much. And I can't wait for our listeners to hear this as well. So thank you so much for coming on to the Psychedelic Podcast. And I hope you have a great evening. I
1: had a great time. Thank you so much for the opportunity.
0: Okay, take care.
1: Take care.